Today on Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, we have a special guest who's a photographer and a digital artist, and most importantly, a part of our Polygon family. It's Cynthia Steenkamp. So welcome, Cynthia. Thanks for coming out. Um, I know you're in the UK, so we kind of had to switch this over to a weekend. So uh, thank you for taking time out of your day and coming and talking to us. No, my pleasure. I've been listening to your, um, well, I always listen to them after they've been live because of the time difference, but I've been listening to quite a few of your spaces over time uh, since I joined. Actually, when did you start these? I can't remember when I started. I think I only started listening to them in early January. September 1st was my first one ever, but we used to do them on Telegram and um, we had switched them over, I guess, sometime in October to Twitter, but they weren't being, um, they weren't on this account because I didn't have Twitter space accessibility until, uh, I don't know, maybe November time. So we were rotating between a couple different um, profiles and that was before they were recordable too. So there's, we've done some, but they're just lost forever, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I find it so weird that like, people listen to my Twitter spaces after I do the Twitter space. I just think like as soon as I do them, it's like uh, they're gone forever. But that's that's really kind of cool that you listen to them afterwards. I feel kind of, um, I feel embarrassed now. Oh, don't be silly. You know, it's great because I, I really appreciate the recordings. And especially since um, you've been, uh, what is it, DMing me them. So I, I catch up on them every morning with my breakfast. So it's the perfect day for me to start my day. Oh my god! Now, now I'm really embarrassed. Oh, no, no, don't be. This is the first voice you hear in the morning. Jeez, God bless you. Twitter and cheese. <laughs> so, um, so prior to creating NFTs, um, did did you do art in like your personal life before you jumped into uh, the NFT space? Yes. So since I was about six. I've been in various art classes because my parents have always been very encouraging of my creative side. I've always drawn. I've always wanted to take pictures. I've, I was that kid who was always carrying a camera with them, <laughs> taking pictures of our friends, like whenever, you know, um, and I've always been drawing. So so since about six years old, um, yeah, just been in various after school art things like the typical overachiever kid that parents try to bring up, but didn't work out in the end, I guess. Do, do you do art now in your professional life outside of NFTs? Like, uh, is it is it work-related, or do you do something completely uh, different than um, art? I am actually blessed to say that I'm a housewife. <laughs> I've been broken since my early 20s, so I haven't been able to work um, since then. And now that I'm, because I'm 35 now, so for the last, what is it, 13 years, I haven't been able to have a regular job um, because of my severe anxiety. I get anxiety attacks and um, everything that comes with it, um, everything that puts me down and makes me physically ill, basically. Um, and art is just something I've always done. And it's been my little escape and my little kind of channeling way, my therapy, if we might call it that. I mean, anything anything could be a form of therapy. It doesn't just have to be going to, a, you know, a psychologist or a psychiatrist and talking to them. You could just kind of anything that kind of escapes you. Like myself, I, I meditate on a daily basis, and 
that kind of levels me out, keeps me outside of myself and gets my head kind of clear and um, took a lot of practice to figure out like it, it, it's it's unbelievable how hard it is when you first start to just sit in silence. It's it's really crazy. Like like just to think your 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 goal is to do absolutely nothing, and it's one of the <laughs> hardest things to do. Dude, yes, I know. Um, oh gosh, this past what is it? September, I had a major breakdown. Like I completely broke down. Total anxiety attacks. Couldn't do shit. And since then, I've been trying to meditate, and it is the biggest challenge of my life. I can just not sit still to start with. And I cannot just close my eyes and relax. It's like freaking impossible. But I'm, I'm trying to. But I, I know what you're talking about. My goodness. Yeah. So I, you know, I struggled with it for a long time. And then um, there's some very good YouTube channels that kind of get you like through guided meditation. There's one called Declutter to Mind that I use pretty much on a daily basis. Like I could do this by myself now where I could just sit there in silence. But it's a lot easier to kind of fall into it when you when you have a guide with you. So like he has videos to five minutes to 30 minutes and you could select the length that you want to do. And it kind of like just coaches you right through. Yeah, what's up, Greg? Yeah, you know, uh, I've kind of done some similar stuff about getting your head calm and everything. And I find uh, when you're first starting out using ambient sounds like the sounds of river or like, you know, natural sounds and stuff like that. Also, like kind of get your in your head calm down you know what i mean get you out of your kind of your thinking it does it helps that's that's the same i think with people that suffer from insomnia a lot of people use uh different types of you know raindrops or or ocean waves and stuff like that to, I, I think like the natural sounds of you know what we've heard since we're children kind of calm us and really do kind of settle us down a little bit we're going into some Buddhist shit right here, so let me jump back into NFTs. I, I don't know why, what I'm what I'm doing here. I'm going to bring you through a guided tour of some uh, some Buddhist monk stuff here. Welcome to Nepal, everybody. Um, all right, so uh, you have three collections that are posted up on OpenSea. Which which of the three did you complete first? So all of my collections were not completed when I started posting them. Uh, but the first one I started working on was actually my photography series, which is the last one I put on OpenSea. So, <laughs> so it was quite a mess because I I never intended to put up my photography for sale. Um, that was just a bit too personal for me at the time when I got into the NFT space and was still figuring myself out. But Funky Heart, my anatomical hearts, was the first um, series that I felt comfortable with and confident and knew where it was going so i guess we can put it that way so let's talk about the photography collection that you have um was was this something that you did because I, I read through like you got the camera in 2015 and then you started doing photography with it but this particular collection it's all um it's all self photos of yourself it's pictures that you took of yourself and then you kind of incorporate um, where you were in, uh, like glam and like makeup, uh, I don't know if it's universe, I don't know how you would <laughs> describe it, but you were kind of like in the, in the makeup and, uh, and, uh, design community. And then you decided to take pictures of yourself. It, it, was this during COVID that you started doing this? Is this why you were doing, um, photos of yourself? Cause you couldn't find models? I... 
actually did a bit of professional modeling in 2013 to 2014, I think it was. And during that time, I just discovered that I enjoyed the process more than the actual outcome. So I started helping photographers with the whole editing bit. I started putting together um, the whole project, basically, like everything from styling to makeup to how I wanted things to look. And <laughs> and then in 2015, we had a major life change, me and my husband, where we decided that we were going to help him pursue his dream job. And in doing so, we moved to the middle of Africa and we moved to Zambia in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the savannah with basically no, no decent anything. <laughs> and during this time, he so kindly got me a camera. And because of that, and not having people around me that I really felt comfortable photographing, I started to turn the camera towards myself. And yeah, that's how that was born. And during this process, I, it all started with the whole, like, you know, pretty glam makeup that you see on Instagram, but it very quickly got very boring for me. And I started to do, or challenge myself rather, to put myself outside of those norms and basically draw outside of the lines. And yeah, that's how that came about. And only recently that I started understanding why I was doing that after talking in spaces for a few months, it all started to fall into place. And, you know, some, some things just take a bit longer to, for you to realize why you do them. You might not necessarily know why you do them when you start them, like a form of therapy as we were talking. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a weird time for me. And I just, that was my outlet. I'm not sure how the scenery is in Zambia where you were saying, but um, when when I think of Africa, I think of like flatland and beautiful landscapes and animals. And I'm not sure if that's where it was, if that's what it was like where you were, but did you kind of venture off and also do landscape photography or was it kind of something that you just wanted to keep personal and do um, yourself? <laughs> we were literally in the wilderness. Like we had, elephants coming in and knocking down our gates so I couldn't go out on my own <laughs> so that was out of the question and you know between scorpions and cobras and everything else that wants to kill you um, it didn't work out that way so I had to stay indoors pretty much most of the time and it was also ridiculously hot so yeah I could just imagine you're like honey I'm gonna go take some pictures outside and he's like don't get trampled by an elephant. Like, like that's crazy. Like, you were, you were really, like, that close to the wildlife, huh? Yeah, that was my everyday. Had to run out with my broom every now and then and chase off the baboons so that they wouldn't turn my bins into, you know, rubble. And I'm over here worrying about two inches of snow outside. <laughs> I know. We're so spoiled in the first world. So, is... When you take pictures of yourself and like you're the subject of your photography, do you tend to be like hypercritical of the photography that you're taking since you're the focal piece of, of the actual photography? And do you end up like just doing a ton of deletes? I'm not using this one. This one sucks. I don't like how this one looks. The light's not right. I don't like how the makeup looks that I put on. Like, do, do you go through like 
your your brain is just like scatter brain when you're using yourself as as the focal point of the photo or is it kind of just like yeah this is good um i think let's see i've been super critical of myself most of my life and now recently in well since i started this portrait thing i learned to make sure everything is fine everything is set up like the photography bit itself like snapping the pictures is the shortest period and i only do about five to ten pictures of each set um but setting everything up if it doesn't feel right i just don't take pictures of it so getting to that part of actually snapping it is is like end game if i'm in front of the camera then then it's gonna be something that i'm gonna be sharing now the photography collection, it's small. It's only a 10-piece collection. Um, do you, in the future, are you going to add more to this? Or are you kind of um, past doing the photography and, and moving elsewhere? Oh, I'm absolutely going to uh, build on that. Because those 10 pictures, they're from my archives. Um, so they're pictures from that I've taken between 2015 and last year. So all of that was just basically my favorite pieces that I wanted to to share um, that didn't get enough love on Instagram because, you know, Instagram is a very limited platform. And I just, yeah, they're just special to me. And I thought that it would be nice to just put them up there. But I, but I do, I, I will, I will always take pictures. Um, whether I share them, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so we're, we're talking to Cynthia here. Um, if, People in the room here haven't followed her yet. Please shoot her a follow. And she has multiple collections on OpenSea. Really good stuff. Uh, one of the fellow Polygon artists of our community. So please show some love and, and follow here on uh, on Twitter. Um, what did did you start on Polygon or when you got into NFTs were you on ETH first and then you kind of transitioned over? I've always been on Polygon. Funny enough, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even consider ETH. Uh, I, because I, I started just trading in crypto a few months before I even uh, considered doing NFTs. And overall, I was just more curious about Polygon than anything else. So I just thought, ah, you know what, this feels kind of new. Maybe it's gonna go somewhere. Let's just try it out and see where it goes. And that's how my mentality with Polygon has been up until now. Yeah, a lot of people that I speak to that are on Polygon currently have at least done one project um, or at least made an attempt at a project on ETH prior to going on Polygon. And I don't know if it's because Polygon just hasn't been available as long on like OpenSea as ETH or people just, um, we kind of get like, we get herded in like to believe that ETH is like the, uh, the way to go and the only way to go about things and i'm just curious when i talk to people if when they first started in nfts if they were given the impression that if you're not on ethereum you're not going to be able to do it yeah no i i had this discussion with myself when i started and at the end of it i just came to the conclusion if people want my things they're going to go through the effort um but I can also understand that some people are just put off by having to <laughs> having to convert their currency. And I know it might seem silly for us that are in the Polygon space 
with rap teeth and this and that. But but for some people, it's it's just one of those extra steps that they're just not willing to learn or unwilling to take. So I, I was fully aware of the possibility of losing out on sales because I was on Polygon. Because I do get messages from people who are on ETH and they do like nudge me and say, hey, so why why not on ETH? <laughs> no, I, I, I really feel like that is one of the, the cons of being on Polygon is the fact that, you know, we have to go through the whole wrapped ETH process. I think that's, um, I think it's difficult for some people to grasp because when you look at it, right, people that aren't really sure about how NFTs work in the first place, they have to go and they have to make a wallet and then they go and they make the wallet and then they think, all right, Polygon. So they'll go and they'll buy Polygon on like Coinbase and then they'll try to buy your stuff with Polygon and then they can't buy it with Polygon and then they're like, they get frustrated. I, I really do think it's it's like an issue we have. And, and like, I really like the fact that people now like Beluga and Dave are just letting people buy straight up with Matic. I think that's like one of the coolest things that we're doing now. I think it's really going to bring a lot more attention because we're getting rid of that one step. That step no longer exists. You could just go do what you got to do. One, two, three, and then you have your NFT and then we can move on. Um, hopefully... You know, hopefully we kind of could adopt this across all platforms. I mean, Solana, it's the same thing. You buy Solana, you, you buy it with Solana, and one, two, three, you're done. You know, you're not, like, doing any of this other stuff. But we'll see. As time comes, you know, we're still in the infancy of this stuff. Um, so how how has the Polygon community treated you since you uh, started coming into spaces? It has been, I mean, it's it's been quite overwhelming in the best way possible everyone is just so nice it's such a welcoming community i mean just strictly talking about the polygon community has been so supportive and then we have just the community as a whole um i've been very involved in women's spaces and everyone is just so nice and it's so refreshing considering that i've been doing this for just about my whole life like either photography or just drawing but now i've developed my own style but it's just the encouragement that you get here, the warmth. People are always there. There's always someone to help you with whatever thing you're not understanding. I mean, which is something that we have to do for each other, being so new in this space, in NFTs and still ever evolving. But it's just been, yeah, it's just been great. I know it's kind of like... It, it shouldn't be said like this, but when I came into Twitter spaces and started talking about NFTs to people, I was like, what the hell is wrong with all these people? Everyone's so nice. And it just did. <laughs> yes. You're just so used to like every type of social media. There's so much like toxicity where people are just assholes and people are just acting like they're, they're just trying to get like uh they're just trying to get like a reaction from you with things that they say. They might not even be trying to be mean. They just want to see you get upset. And I mean, we have it like there, there are like, I could tell you, I could probably count the amount of trolls that came into like NFT rooms that I've been in and on like two hands. And that would be it. So it just kind of shocked me at first when I started, started going into these spaces. I'm like, why is everyone so supportive? You're supposed to be a bunch of assholes to each other. It just, it didn't click in my head right away. 
<laughs> no, I do agree. And it's, I guess it's that early internet brain damage that we have because in the beginning, in the dawn of the internet, because I've been on the internet for as long as I could have it in my home. I mean, you're always so on guard. You, I mean, you have your guard up about everything. You don't want to talk about your feelings. You don't want to talk about things that might come back to you one day. So yeah, it's been, it's just been nice. Are you nice people? Are are you doing your own spaces as well? Are you hosting or co-hosting? I'm helping out Dave on Saturdays, uh, but that's about it. Other than that, I just jump in and float about really <laughs> in the spaces space. Because we we do need more women hosts in in spaces, and like I I know Vanessa is stepping up, and like I I'd really like. Maybe the two of you could get together and, and maybe start, you know, a, a woman's space because you, women like there's plenty of women in the NFT space, but you're you're very like you're still in the minority, you know, and, and women make some really fantastic art. And I think you guys need to, like, get out there and like start speaking up, like tell them this isn't just a men's world like we could do this shit, too. And um you know, we do like a lot of hashtags like women in NFTs and stuff like that, you know, because we want to bring awareness to everybody, you know, and I'm not just like singling out women, but like there's there's plenty of like people in the African NFT space that that need to have awareness brought to their art that that are fantastic artists. And, um, you know, it's kind of like everybody just wants to see a fucking gorilla or a monkey, you know, as, as like a PFP and stuff like that. And um, I think we need to make some noise here and let people know, like, there's plenty of other art out here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've put together a little group now uh, in DMs with women who, you know, whenever someone wants to make a, um, a space to just give a shout in that group so that we can put something together. But for now, I've, I'm just swamped. <laughs> I've got so much I'm still learning. I mean, I just finished setting up my website. I just... I'm still trying to figure out this whole smart contract thing. So once once things settle, I'm definitely going to start picking that up. But I, I do agree with you. We do definitely need more representation in the space. And, and it is. It's a male-dominated space, as pretty much everything in tech has always been. So, yeah, we're, we're going to start getting some ground here as well. And, and the good thing is, like, everybody's supportive. You know, you, you just need a, a few strong women to stand up and, and start voicing about it. And that's that's all we really need, you know, because I can tell you, like, <laughs> there are Twitter spaces out there where it's like women in NFTs and there'll be 100 people in there and the minority is male and there's maybe like 15 or 20 guys in there. And I'll sit in there and I'll, I'll listen to them because I want to hear kind of like what they're going with as far as like their art, what they're, you know thoughts and grievances might be in the space how we could help each other out because when it comes down to it i just want everyone to win i don't care if you're polygon eth solana avalanche flow i don't give a shit what chain you're on i want this thing to get mass adopted as fast as possible and i want us all to kind of like stick together and kind of like you know we got to be that that big huge chain that that doesn't break and uh yeah that's how we do it we stick together and we don't like shit on each other and we just try to help the next person um um where was i here so your your one collection that you have which i really like um the odd bits can we talk about that a little bit of course the odd bits my little precious collection <laughs> it didn't get to grow as much as i wanted it to but at the same time i think that it's done its job 
in the sense that it it, it did what it what I wanted it to do, which was to bring just a little bit more attention, take a bit more space with not necessarily the perfectly chiseled bodies, because you know, I yes, I love seeing perfectly sculpted bodies, but it just feels like we're back into traditional media at this point, where everyone is just beautiful. And I'm not saying that it's bad to be beautiful. <laughs> That's not that old thing. I'm just saying that there's more people out there when we just need more representation in general. So, um, do, do you have plans at all to maybe partner with um, anybody or bring some attention with this particular collection for people that like suffer from body dysmorphia, people that have, uh, you know, eating disorders, or maybe people that, um, you know, just have overall issues with their with their body and feel like they they're being shamed or maybe like talk to some groups and see maybe they could bring awareness um through your nfts or something of the sorts in order to kind of get this out there a little bit yeah i've been thinking about that lately because i that's the reason why i made this collection because i had major body dysmorphia uh well still kind of mildly have and it's just one of those things that, you know, you just get damaged over time by consuming traditional media. And it, it's, I, I don't know how to go about it, but it's definitely something I've been thinking about because I, I do, I just, I just want everyone to have a chance and I want everyone to be happy. It's taken me so many years to look at myself in a normal way and to realize like, you know, you, you got a, a great body in the sense that it works as it should now, finally, after so many years of being broken. But like we, we just need to not take our bodies for granted, even if they don't look perfect. I know mine doesn't, that's for sure. But, um, you know, you have Comards up here, and I know Comards does a lot of um, charity work and something like that. So I don't know, maybe you guys could maybe do some type of collaboration or something like that to bring awareness to it because i mean people think body dysmorphia is only something that i think females suffer from you know they, they think like a girl's fat and then they become bulimic or anorexic but it also exists in men and it exists in different ways too it's not just you know i'm 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 too heavy and i need to lose weight there are people like that have issues like bodybuilders. A lot of bodybuilders, for example, have a hard time accepting like they don't look big enough, you know? And I think there's a stigma behind it because nobody thinks of that. Everybody sees a bodybuilder and they think, oh, that guy's in great shape, look at him. But in his head, he thinks he looks horrible. And uh, it's it's something that like, there's not really any attention brought to it. So I don't know, maybe uh, you guys can work something out. No, definitely. I mean, I, I love Comerts who rugged now, <laughs> but I'm definitely going to reach out to him as well. But no, you're right. And I mean, it's it's just a whole traditional media stigma. We we're meant to buy this whole freaking image of, you know, what what should be instead of what actually is, because what actually is, is just not what they're portraying. I mean, I, I know very few people who fall into that little category of the perfect body and it's not saying it in a bad way i don't look at them as less i look at them as humans i mean we're all humans but it's just become such an ugly thing and i just 
Yeah, I just wanted to do something with representation because I just felt like it, it, it's up to all of us to just try to battle our own little, not insecurities, but like literal brainwash that we've gone through. So we're talking to Cynthia here, um, talking about some of her NFT collections and her journey into NFT art. Uh, if anybody in the box here has any questions for her, feel free to raise your hand. If you're down bottom and you have a question and you want to come up, uh, request and I'll bring you up to the box and we could talk about what's going on. Um, which one of your collections that you have posted is your favorite? Is it the hearts? Yeah, I would say that it is. And it's simply because it is what got me into NFTs. Um, it's just one of those things that has grown very fond of I mean, I've grown very fond of, and every time one of the pieces sell, I'm so gutted, <laughs> which I shouldn't be, but they're just like a tiny piece of my soul, because I do put quite a bit of effort into them. Like, the end result might look simple, but my goodness, is it hours of listening to you, random music, and just experimenting that it takes for me to get a line right, or just the layers right. It's just, it's just my little baby. So... When you sold your first NFT, I, I forget who I asked the other day about this. It might have been Dave. What was that feeling like that you got when you when you sold your very first NFT? Did did you feel like like I kind of like equated to his, like being a little kid on Christmas, like that overwhelming amount of joy that that just hits you when when something fantastic happens to you? Well, the first NFT I sold was a very special sale for me. Um it was to a guy who had had a lot of heart problems growing up. So he gave me his whole story and it, I was just so moved and so touched by how he connected to my, my little hearts that I just, you know, I, I didn't think, I, I love them, but I didn't really think that anyone would really make such a strong connection with something that I created as a, because I've always second guessed my everything that I do but it was just such a beautiful first sale for me and since then I've just been riding on that high so what's the backstory about the collection why why is the heart the main focal point of this let me tell you a little story <laughs> so my husband who I love so very much um we had been married for five years when shit hit the fan <laughs> and we had to move to Zambia. <laughs> but just before that, I drew this heart. It was actually a physical drawing that I had made and it was supposed to go on my lower arm to represent that I wear my heart on my sleeve and him being, you know, the representation of that because he is the person that makes me a better person. He makes me want to pursue my dreams and just in general be better. And unfortunately, it just ended up gathering dust <laughs> for all these years. And I've been lugging around a little folder with all sorts of drawings for years. And in September, when I had my little mental breakdown, I decided to go through that folder. And this one just stuck out to me because it's still something that I live by. I, I do strongly connect with the saying, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And that's it. Did you ever end up getting a tattoo? No, 
Well, I ended up getting a tattoo, but I ended up getting our wedding flowers from my bouquet instead of the heart. But I'm still considering getting the heart on the other sleeve. So we'll see. You know, when I was in, I guess, my late teens, early 20s, I went on like a tattoo spree and got like a large portion of my body tattooed. And now I... I haven't got a tattoo in over a decade and I'm like, fuck that. That shit hurts. Like, I have no idea how I went through all of like the needle work that I had done on my body, but I would never get a tattoo again. I I, I know that probably sounds, I probably have like 40% of my body tattooed and I would never get another tattoo in my life. I I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it's funny how our brain changes and like thinks of things differently. Like I, I, I'm not into pain anymore. I'm not into that stuff. Um, but going, <laughs> going back to tattoos, I was talking to Comards about this. How can we implement tattoos into the blockchain? There has to be some way that we could do this. There has to be some sort of way, because that's that's the art everyone knows. Everyone has a tattoo. Like it's it's weird when I see somebody that doesn't have a tattoo. Like, everyone I know has at least one, for the most part, except for like my mom and my dad didn't have them, but they were old and weird. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't, like, understand, like, how we could get this somehow on a blockchain, but do you have any ideas? I throw this out for a lot. Well, I mean, I, I'm still waiting for, like, tattoo artists to start doing their, you know, one-of-ones um, and then just put them up for sale, and then you just get that tattoo when whenever you go and visit them. I mean, it's there's just so many simple things to do, but I, I don't know what more advanced things you could really do beyond that it's just going to have to be like a ticket for your tattoo that you're going to get i guess i guess you could purchase the nft ahead of time and then have a redeemable nft at a tattoo shop maybe that could work slime buddies what do you think yeah that's what i was gonna say i actually heard a tattoo artist say something similar what you're saying so basically if you buy the nft um he was gonna do a tour around driving around basically and anybody that wanted to redeem it he would go visit and personally do the tattoo himself yeah i was thinking something along those lines too but i don't know there has to be something else that we could oh my god yo imagine this this is like fucking mind-blowing stuff right here imagine if we could build a robotic arm that's tied into the computer that has a tattoo gun and it could mimic the movements of a tattoo artist as he puts the thing on the blockchain. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm going into like futuristic stuff here. What's up, Coin Laundry? Uh, I think we could talk to Dark Side Dave about that since he's uh, all in with the, with the medical robots. All right, well... <laughs> We're, we're kind of getting off topic here with some of this stuff that I'm talking about today. We're talking about tattoo robots and we're talking about meditation and Nepal and all of the other stuff. All right. Let's get back on course here. Um, so um, how, how do you do like how do you decide the different types of backgrounds for your heart collection? And I noticed that a lot of them, maybe all of them, I'm looking through them right now. Is is everything asymmetrical as far as the backgrounds go? Most of it, yes. Um, but generally speaking, I just put on music, listen, feel the vibes, and let it transfer to my <laughs> to my drawing. 
<laughs> it's just basically that. Just go with the flow. No, I'm not sure if you really um, are inspired by like mandalas, because that's kind of what I what I got out of the backgrounds that you have on these art pieces, on, on your heart pieces, as far as when I look at them. Because I, I know when I was speaking of drug music, like a lot of his NFT art, it's all mandalas. So I don't know if that's something that you as well are kind of influenced by, and that's kind of how you pulled the background um, artwork for these pieces as well. I love them, and I do really try my hardest not to start making mandalas. Um, and it's not because for any particular reason. I'm just trying to limit myself to what I, or rather, I feel like you get more creative if you limit what you're allowed to use. Um, so, oh goodness, hold on. My, my brain is just not wanting to cooperate here. <laughs> But yeah, if I'd like to limit myself in what I'm allowed to use in the sense of colors um, and shapes. And that's just, I, I think that that breeds more creativity, even though it might end up looking very simple. I think it's just the whole challenge of figuring it out, how to have as little as possible to be as impactful as possible. But I do love mandalas. I just haven't wanted to dip my toe into those yet because I think that's going to that's gonna be a whole different thing. Um, I, I know you kind of have the concept of like this was a, a tattoo that you wanted and you know how you wear your heart on your sleeve, but have you decided to maybe do something else is uh, rather than a heart? Like um, we had a a lady on here, Melissa, a couple months back, and she also does a heart collection, but now she's doing offshoots with like lungs and um, other types of like organs, kidneys and stuff like that. Is that something that you would consider or are you just going to kind of stick with the heart route? I'm going to stick with the heart, but originally I did want to do brains um, simply because the brain fascinates me and I just wanted to pull on everything of different parts of the brain to make it up. But the project just got out of hand. It, it was just too much because <laughs> I wanted to use like brain scans and all those things. Um, but I mean, who knows, maybe in the future, but for now I'm sticking with the hearts. I'm very happy with them. I do have a collection that I'm working on that is a completely new fusion of all of my three collections. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But for now, the hearts are my happy place. It says on OpenSea that it's a 25 piece collection, but then you had a 50 piece holiday themed collection. Now. I don't see any holiday hearts on here. Why don't I see holiday hearts? And what, what, how are you basing hearts around the holiday? Was it like a Santa Claus beard on a heart? <laughs> oh, it should be there. I think it's the first one. It's a, it's a red heart with a blue background and snowing. Um, it should be, but I hey, might yeah, be wrong. I see it. I, I was thinking you're going to have like Easter bunny hearts and Santa Claus hearts and stuff like that. No, I just decided to do that one specifically as a little thank you for, to the NFT community because um, there were so many people who were so just wonderful to me. And I was like, oh, I need to do something for them. And I just drew that up for them. Uh, but that's the only one that's multiple copies. Everything else is one of ones. Yeah, I see it right now. It has it has actually snow on the top valves. That's pretty cool. I like it. Um, you have one on here where the heart is completely gray. Now, 
have have you maybe thought of doing any type of just black and white and maybe gray gray wash or are colors kind of something that um distinguishes your art where you kind of want it to pop with bright and fancy colors i have actually not even thought about grayscale um i'm i'm very big into color <laughs> i love my colors because in my everyday life, I'm a very basic, like typical Scan Scandinavian type of person, minimalist. So you won't see many colors in my house, but I, I go nuts in my art. So to compensate. So are you planning on in the future doing any other sorts of maybe like mediums to showcase your NFTs? Like um, maybe like a large scale generative project or maybe like AI art. I really like AI art. I think it's something that I might be able to do because the computer is doing most of the work and I'm not really too artistic. Um, so anything ever kind of like pop into your head that maybe you want to try this? I'm probably going to, well, I'm not going to do AI because I think there's so many wonderfully talented AI artists right now that just need the spotlight. Um, and personally, I'm more of the drawing type of person. It's just my my funnel for my brain to just unload everything. But I I am probably gonna be doing some physical prints um, and hand drawn hearts sometime in the future. I'm just dabbling now into just seeing how they turn out. I've ordered a few, and we'll see how that goes. But other than that, I did wanna possibly try 3D, but that's that's a whole other thing to learn. <laughs> Do you have any plans to maybe incorporate uh, some sort of utility in your, maybe not necessarily your hearts, but maybe one of your other collections, like where if somebody buys uh, an NFT, you would send them a physical copy of, of the piece as well that they could hang at their house? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the goal with Funky Hearts. Um, eventually, I do want to have physical prints because um, originally the whole idea of the hearts was to have them poster size. Um, but then I think about myself, and I I'm a big collector of limited edition prints. I actually need more walls in my house because um, I cannot put up everything that I've collected over the years. So I thought, ah, you know what, I, I need to give people the option to have either a small one or a big one. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the whole logistics of it, but that is definitely end game or the, what that is going to be turning into. What's been the hardest thing that you face so far getting into NFTs? Hmm. I guess talking about my projects that's probably been the most difficult thing. I can sit and talk about random bullshit all day, every day. But speaking about things that I've created that have a message behind it, especially my photography, for example, which came was born from a very isolated period in my time. I don't necessarily like to talk about it when I'm doing like chill spaces or so, because it is so intimate. Um, but that's, that's been it. Just talking about myself and my projects have probably been the most challenging thing. Everything else comes naturally to me when it comes to the art and also learning about the IT bit or all the technical stuff. 
kind of with you. I could talk about random stuff all day long, and it doesn't even faze me. But when it comes to talking about something that I've done myself and like I really should be proud of, like a, a normal person would be proud of, like an accomplishment, I I get kind of like embarrassed, and I just don't want to talk about it. And it's it's kind of fucked up, like the way it works. But like I really don't like talking about myself i could compliment people all day long and like it, it won't bother me but as soon as somebody says something nice about me i kind of like turtle up and i really don't want to hear it and i try to change the subject rather quickly so i don't, I don't know if like you're kind of in the same boat with things like that but that's kind of like how i operate <laughs> pretty much the same oh goodness yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird you know nobody nobody wants to well i can't speak for everybody myself i i'm not i'm not good with taking compliments i don't know why it must be something that happened to me when i was little or who who the hell knows that kind of just stuck with me where i kind of get shy and don't want to really talk about it um have you have you decided that you were going to do any collaborations with any other polygon artists in the near future or are you currently working with any of them currently actually um I have not even had the chance to think about that. I've been so busy just figuring myself out. Uh, but it's definitely something I'm open to. I am currently making a few pieces for Creative Owls, just for the for the fun of it. Um, just fusing our owls with my funky hearts. Or his owls, rather, not ours. <laughs> but other than that, I haven't really had a time or a chance yet to unwind and actually look around to see what would go well with my own style. It's just been, it's just been busy since I got in. Did you, did you join his uh, metaverse summit that he had in January? I think it was the 22nd. Yes, I was part of that. And that was, that was so fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great. Um, my, my computer was a little kind of funky when I was navigating through. It took me a minute to kind of get the controls down as far as like navigating through, but that was really awesome. And I really dug the fact that it felt like you were in an actual art gallery. So like you could kind of hear people talking in the distance, but you didn't really know what they were saying until you kind of like approached them and then the conversation got louder. And I just thought that was so badass. Like it, it kind of gave you like the real feel like I'm actually in a gallery right now. Yeah, no, it it was actually quite great. I mean, you know, we were testing out spatial servers capacity, <laughs> so we kept on crashing for me every now and then. But other than that, uh, being the introvert that I am, I was just hiding out in a corner with someone else, a fellow introvert, and having just chats. But it was still nice to socialize, even though it was, you know, in the comfort of our own homes. Yeah, I couldn't tell who anybody was. Um, I guess my computer was loading really slow until I heard guitar and I was like, oh, that's Sleepy Pirate. And I ran over and I found him and I just kind of stood next to Sleepy Pirate for a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited about where all of this is going because it is, it's always been one of those things for myself as I've always aspired to be considered an artist. And up until now, the only way you could be seen as an artist was to be shown in a proper art gallery with credentials and this and that and now you know we we just have all this power and we can just do whatever the hell we want and display it the way that we want we are our own curators our own advertisement 
team and just everything. So it's um, I'm just really excited for where all of this is going. So we're talking to Cynthia. If uh, you've just joined, please send her a follow here on Twitter. Uh, check out the links of her artwork and her bio. Um, great Polygon artist. Really important part of our community um, to show some love and give her a follow. Um, now, how do you feel about um, how do you feel about virtual galleries? Uh, do you have or are you planning on putting any of your art into any virtual galleries? I know like on Cyber has it, and there's a couple other places that offer it. And I don't think it costs you any commission to just list your art virtually. And I think it's kind of like a little a little cool like addition that you could have to your link tree and stuff like that. Yeah, I I use on Cyber and I also use Spatial. And I think they're great. I mean, once we have proper integration where people can actually click on the picture and be led to wherever it is that they're marketed. Because for now, on what is it called? On Cyber has that, but it still feels a little bit like it's in its infancy. But it has great potential. I'm, I'm very excited about where all of this is going. Because again, as I was saying, with being a traditional artist, you you're kind of limited as well. I mean, yeah, sure, you're acknowledged as an artist, but generally speaking, you're not going to have people coming from all over the world to look at your art like you can do here now with these virtual galleries. You just shoot out your link and, you know, anyone from freaking in any corner of the world can have a look and maybe they like it and they can buy it. It's just so freeing. Um, yeah, it's just it's just great. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how... You know, I've, I've said in the past, when people wanted to be um, like a staple in a specific thing, they had to move to like major cities, Paris, you had to move to New York City, you had to move to Los Angeles, you had to move to London. And, you know, that's where you would have to start. And I kind of think that's like where the term starving artist came from, you know, like people are moving to these metropolitan areas where it's already hard to begin with to sell your pieces of art. And then you're just trying to make it and you're kind of just scraping to get by in hopes that you're going to break through. And now with the metaverse, you could live anywhere in the world and you could just blow up. Like you could live like where Greg is in Idaho or you could live in like the Northwest Territory in Canada and have like shitty Internet. But you could still go and like, you know, put your art online and make a living from your house and not have to worry about the, the thing that I'm most excited for are this is going to just further education for people I, i'm i'm 100 percent convinced that metaverse and nft art is going to allow people in other areas who would have to stop their you know secondary education and going into university because they have to go out into the workforce to help their family get by in, in countries like where you were in africa or thailand or cambodia where these people have to drop out of school when they're 10 and they have to start working in factories just so they could have electricity in their house. Now they could go and they could sell one piece of art and their family's taken care of for that month and they could go and they could continue their education. And we're going to, people are going to get smarter because of NFTs in the long run. It's going to help everybody out. And I'm, I'm fucking stoked for it because we need a lot more smart, smarter people in this world. And, you know, that's how we're going to break through into other technologies. Like we're going to we're going to end up getting the cure for cancer because there's probably some little kid sitting in in like Laos 
that's super smart, but he can't fucking he can't like further his education to become a doctor to cure something. Instead, he's out like working in rice paddy fields because his family's starving to death. This could change that shit. And that that's what I'm excited for with NFTs. You know, everybody has a has a fair chance now. No, absolutely. And I, I do really agree with that. And that's that's what broke my heart when and when OpenSea made that change the other day. It's when you've seen firsthand how people live in the third world, like across from the street of where you're living, like people who can't afford electricity who can maybe afford an hour a day electricity and having kids who they need to send to school. And now you have this magical thing that is on the internet that you can do as long as you have a phone, you have a little bit of internet, you can go to African um, internet cafe and leech their little <laughs> bit of Wi-Fi. but anyone can do it now from anywhere in the world. And it's just inspiring. And it's just, it's just so beautiful. We're getting to see art from all over the world that we would never have been able to see before. And yeah, I was just really upset the other day when that thing happened because it just it I, it just got me to thinking about those people. Because me myself, I'm gonna be fine. Um, I'm gonna find another way to do what I do. It, like I wouldn't have suffered. Like it's just the other people. Yeah, I I know. You know, he's not here, but I know he wouldn't mind me talking about it. Sleepy Pirate was really upset to the point where he was in tears when that happened. And, uh, you know, we had him on here and we were talking to him on an AMA. And he basically said, like, I'm an engineer in my country, in Turkey. And he said, my monthly salary as an engineer, if I sell three NFTs, I make up my monthly salary as an engineer. Like somebody like an advanced work, super intelligent guy is getting paid like that's his salary versus selling three nfts and then you know um you know he shared a lot of a lot of like personal stuff with us which i i know he wouldn't mind like um repeating and stuff so that's that's why i say it um but i mean it, it goes like that for a lot of people you know and that's like you were saying that's who it's really going to affect you know you're you're living in the uk i'm living right outside new york city we're going to be okay but what about those people that are depending on it what about the kids in the philippines you know, they're having a hard time getting by and stuff like that. It sucks. So how did um, what was running through your head when you when you heard that? Were you like, what am I going to do as far as my art? Where am I going to host it? Did you feel like I just have to figure something new out? Yeah, I I actually that day I took everything off sale on OpenSea because I was just frankly pissed. I I still don't like the idea of having my things sell on OpenSea because of what they did. And I don't like giving my money or anyone else's money to a company that's just... <sighs> Look, I can't go on a tangent here, but I'm going to keep it short. I just don't like when the big man does shit like this. And it just goes against everything that I believe in, everything that I grew up believing in. And coming from a very political family and upbringing we i mean i it's my my family's background i mean my parents grew up in a country where they weren't allowed to share art they weren't allowed to play certain types of music and it's just something that's become very near and dear to my heart and when that happened i was just angry and i wanted to find a new platform immediately because for me i'm gonna be fine if i take my stuff off the market for a few months until i've figure things out 
but you know it's it's those people that you were that we were been talking about that just made me upset but personally i i have started posting things on another platform which is called official nft it's a strictly matic platform and so not nothing of this whole wrapped eth nonsense um and it's it's a brand new platform there's they only have a handful of artists on there and i just wanted to possibly help them grow as well but i'm always open to finding new places that you know support the creators and aren't greedy or lazy or you know they actually take yeah they just take things on board it's just yeah i'm gonna leave it at that because i'm getting upset now yeah i I hear you i mean it it messed with a lot of people's heads as far as it's it's not even the fact that the policy was changed right i i don't really necessarily because things have to progress in order for things to change or get better or get worse so there are always there's always going to be sorts of change it, it's not so much that that's what their decision was. It was the amount of time that they gave people to prepare for it. I thought it was completely fucked up where you wake up in the morning, you get this message. Guess what? You're screwed. That's not the right way to go about it. They could have said something like, as of March 1st, uh, we're giving you a little bit of lead time. So, you know, this is how we're going to operate. And I don't think it would have been nearly as much of like a, a blow up as it, as it um, happened, but we're opening up an NFT marketplace. So good for us. And, you know, fuck open city. Um, that's pretty yes. much what I say about that. Um, so uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour. Um, ask you a, a few more questions before we wrap up. Um, so what, so far since you got into nfts has been the the biggest success for you whether it's a sale or as you were saying earlier you know just being able to talk about your work or maybe something that you were proud of maybe hosting a twitter space and helping somebody out what's the thing that kind of sticks out to you the most that um you hold near and dear to your heart oh my gosh all of the above i think yeah, it's just it's just been great. <laughs> you know, I keep saying this every time anyone asks me about NFTs. I'm like, it's been great, but it has. It's just so freeing because um, we're not like we can do whatever we want. And this has been something that I've been looking for for so long. And up until now, I just haven't been able to find something that felt right for me in the way that I share my art. Um, because again, as as I was mentioning, I I don't like the idea of galleries. And to start with, I don't even think I would be allowed to show my stuff in galleries because no one would be interested there. Um, but it's just nice to be your own curator. You know, you get the time to sort out things the way that you want them to be, and you're the one that decides how you want to be presented in the world. Unlike having a manager or stuff like that. Uh, because the same thing when I was modeling and I had an agent, it was like they decide what kind of work you're going to do. You don't get to decide for yourself. Like you can turn things down, but they're going to put you in a box where you have no way of breaking out of. So now that I mean, as you can see, I got three collections. I refuse to stay in a box. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And it's just freeing. The, the biggest win is just having creative freedom 
Yeah, I think that's nice. You know, um, I always said that the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life was when I quit my job years ago and I promised myself that I was never going to punch a time clock again. And I just kind of went off and started doing my own thing and uh, didn't really have to worry about restrictions and I could kind of do things the way I wanted to do in order to kind of live my life and, and earn a living. And my, my life as far as, um, you know, my mental health, um, my, just my overall, um, feelings about myself have drastically improved. And, you know, I think that's what NFTs are creating for people. They're giving people that sort of freedom where they can kind of do what they want to do when they want to do it and, uh, express themselves however they want to express themselves. And it's beautiful. So um, my last question for you before we wrap up, Cynthia, where, where do you see yourself a year from now in the NFT space? What type of projects do you maybe have on the horizon? And um, where are we going to end up seeing you? Oh, goodness. That's such a difficult question. And I've been getting it a lot lately. And I always like, I don't know. <laughs> this has been such a wild ride. I feel like I've. I've made such great progress since I started in November, just finding myself. Um, and hopefully I just continue on that. I just want to carry on developing myself as an artist, see where this takes me and just find that. I don't know. I just want to find that sweet spot between success and also just confidence in what I do. Um, and at the same time, not feel the pressure of what's trendy. Um, because I can see quite a few people every now and then in comments saying like, oh, drawing this because they saw that that was selling. And I, I really hope that I never fall into that pit because it's just a dangerous little thing to fall into. And I see a lot of very talented artists jumping on the trends and it doesn't always breed creativity. So we'll see. I, I just want to carry on with the freedom that I currently have and hopefully hopefully figure out this whole printing thing <laughs> and getting that rolling. But I do have a project that I'm working on right now that I'm hopefully going to be dropping two pieces of tomorrow, which is the fusion of all three of my collections. So yeah, um, I'm just still growing. Well, when you do drop them, shoot me a DM and I'll, I'll retweet it out for you and I'll uh, try to get some more eyes on it for you. Thank you. I'll do that. So I, I just want to thank you for taking an hour out of your day and talking to us on a Sunday. Um, really, really nice talking to you, Cynthia. It was a very pleasant conversation. We had some good laughs, and uh, we, we talked about some serious stuff, too, that I think is important. Um, you know, addressing things and then laughing about things is the healthy way to approach life. So uh, thank you so much for stopping by, talking to the community. I, I really do love your artwork. I think your collections are fantastic. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you're dropping tomorrow. Uh, really excited for it. Um, tomorrow here, we're going to have uh, Vanessa is going to be on with us. Or if you look in the box here, Van CM. She'll be on with us tomorrow. Um, really looking forward to supporting another woman in the NFT world. Um, going to be really fun. Cynthia, thank you once again. Uh, don't be a stranger. Um, Make sure to uh, embarrass me a little bit and tell me that you listen to my <laughs> while you're eating breakfast in the morning and uh, you'll have your very <laughs> own to play back tomorrow morning for breakfast. 
Yes, exactly. I'll I'll be listening out for your future spaces with my breakfast. So don't you worry. I'll I'll remind you every now and then. How embarrassing. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. I hope you all have a great rest of your Sunday. Um, Cynthia, thanks again for coming out. Don't be a stranger. Vanessa, I'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.